Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. And a big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Subtle, Subtle Solution Media, helping to make this podcast possible. We have a great episode today. And I got to tell you, I have to be on my toes because she is keeping me <laughs> aware of everything right now. We have Buddy Young on the podcast, former or retired stuntwoman turned business therapist. Bunny, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I love when you say former because it's like it gives me permission to not go home and light myself or someone else on fire, which <laughs> I still would like that permission. So we'll just go with <laughs> possibly former, like with a question mark in the bio. Yeah. Only if we're in a controlled environment, right? <laughs> always, always. It's taught me so much about business on how to take calculated risks. Absolutely. Well, speaking of which, I'd love our audience to get to know you a little better and give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to them with a, a quick run down who you are, what you do, and kind of what brings you here today. So what brings me here today is this is where my calendar told me to be. And so I'm just accepting that, that I'm supposed to be here with you and your listeners and honoring that and honoring everybody who's listening to this. And as far as the short version of it is that I was born and raised in Southern California. And so I'm a SoCal girl surfer. I am the stereotypical California girl at least the SoCal part. And I grew up riding horses and then became a therapist and decided that I did not like in the therapy world, this, I'm going to minimize it down to, you could either make an impact or you could either make an income in my experience. So I worked with child protective services for a while and I worked with individuals who were incarcerated, but my salary capped at like 32 grand a year which is fine, but we wanted to have a family and working with child protective services. I never really wanted to have a family in the same community where I could possibly be recognized as somebody who broke somebody else's family up, even though that's not the, the truth. It was something that I was aware of. And then when I switched to private practice and building a private practice as a therapist, I was listening to people who could afford a therapist, but didn't necessarily need a therapist. Maybe they needed a life coach or maybe they needed a friend. And so I told my supervisor that I didn't like doing what I was doing. And so I had a service animal. I still have a service animal because I have a heart condition. And my supervisor had talked to me about what's called animal assisted therapy. And I developed programs around animal assisted therapy for veterans, post-traumatic stress syndrome, a bunch of different programs. And we ended up having a CEO for a large company that shall remain nameless come through one of the programs and say, can I bring my team back? And I was like, uh, to therapy, you want to bring your team to therapy? That's really awkward and inappropriate. He's like, trust, communication, leadership, you know, these are all things that my team needs to learn. And yeah. we're all dealing with burnout in the corporate world. So that was kind of my first foray into organizational psychology, and I've gotten hooked ever since. We still do retreats at the ranch, and my parents and my grandparents, I'm a third-generation entrepreneur, so the only thing I said I wasn't going to do when I grow up was be an entrepreneur, and here I am five times over yeah. being an entrepreneur, but I along the journey, I've found that 
you know, several kind of, of mantras. And what I try to do now is to focus more on making an impact than making money and also making my money work for me rather than me work for it. And so I accept each day as a gift having a heart condition, but I also want to do the things that are going to make, leave a legacy, not just a company. And so it's greatly impacted kind of the way that I go about creating companies, building companies and building teams. And as you said and mentioned, I was a stunt woman. I married a stunt man. He's the most talented stunt man I know. And I'm, I know I'm biased, but when it comes to high falls and, and fire burns, he's the most talented individual that I know. <laughs> and so I'm not sure if this is true or not, but he told me in order to go to China with him on his contract, we had to get married. So I married him. Still not sure if that was actual <laughs> fact, but 12, 13 years later, still here working. we are, two beautiful <laughs> kids. And yeah. He still won't tell me if it was a ruse or if not, but now he's in the army. And so I have TRICARE and <laughs> I think I'm going to keep him because the insurance is great. Yeah. Well, that that's a, such an amazing story. And there's so much in that I want to unpack because I think you've given so much to our audience to absorb in a good way. But the first, I hope you don't mind me asking about the heart condition, how that came about and how that kind of what you were doing at the time when it came to your attention and how that altered the trajectory of what was going on in your life at that time? It should have in a variety of ways. And yet I walked out of the doctor's office. It, it came about, I was passing out while I was playing sports. Mm. And so I ended up at a cardiologist and I ended up getting a diagnosis of what's called SVT, which a lot of young individuals have and grow out of, and it's fine. I was one of the rare lucky ones that never grew out of it. And also my SVT is special. And so I like to say my mom does not only thinks I'm special, but my doctor thinks I'm special too. <laughs> and then in 2017, my heart rate went the other way. And so my heart rate started being too low. So my resting heart rate's like 45 beats per minute, 44 beats per minute, and wow. it can get down to like 42 so my hands and my feet are always cold. And as I said, I'm tall, I'm six, three. And so I kind of feel like, I don't know if you ever watched Jurassic Park where it was like, they were describing the dinosaur and like how, you know, the brains up here and like the tails down here. I kind of feel like the dinosaur where like, it takes so long for like the blood to get through the gigantic part of me. Your listeners are like, now I'm not listening anymore because now she's talking about dinosaurs. Or and they're so listening I'm more intently. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're standing up and you're six foot three, let's just say it takes a lot of pressure and a lot of effort to get blood from your toes up to your brain. And sometimes that made me pass out again. And so now here we have these two extremes. My heart rate would be too high or my heart rate would be too low. And if you follow me on Instagram, it's bunny has six legs because I have a service animal. And the big joke in my family was when I got diagnosed with my heart condition, I was on so many medications that my little pillbox was more involved than my grandmother's mm. and like getting a service dog. I eliminated about 11 medications. And I'm not saying that a service animal is going to do that for every single person, but I just, it was during a time where having a service animal wasn't cool and having a service animal was widely known as it still is as a golden retriever or a lab. And I needed a much larger service animal to help me ambulate because I would get dizzy. I need to lean. And so I have a walking cane. That's one of the 
the things that my service animal does. But then when I moved into this organizational psychology and professional speaking, I get on stage and no one would care what I had to say. They just wanted to know about the dog. And that evolved into founding a nonprofit around service animal education. And everybody's like, do you train service dogs? No, we train humans on how to interact with service animals. And we train airlines and restaurants and hotels on how to be inclusive with service animals. Because there's the signs that you see where it has a dog with a line through it outside of a store, that's not inclusivity. That's saying dog's not welcome, right? And so what you want to see is a, a dog that's identified with a vest or something like that, that says service animals welcome. Mm-hmm. And service animals don't have to wear a vest according to United States law, but it's still, it's inclusivity and it's inclusive language. And it's just like, when we go to park in a space for an individual with a disability and we have the placard, we have the license plate and I get out, I don't look like the person that's painted on the parking space. yeah. And so people will come up and yell at me. People will tell me I don't belong there. And so this has just been an evolution of life of like, how do we be more human to each other? How do we make the world a better place through reducing burnout, through being bringing our whole selves to work, through more work-life alignment and giving ourselves permission to answer the question that we haven't been asked since kindergarten of, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that can be a question you ask yourself daily instead of just, here's what I should be doing. Because if we should on ourselves, then we're probably going to need a shower. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in my thirties and I'm still asking myself what I want to be when I grow up because it's never too <laughs> late to, to pursue the things that we we could have been. Right. And I want to actually play on that point, uh, the irony there of you talking about the importance of service animals on how we can learn how to be more human to each other, how these animals can show us how to be more human. And I don't know if any of our listeners or watchers have seen this picture and they there's just to paint it for folks. It's a park bench and there's a man sitting on the bench and there's a dog sitting on the bench. I don't know if you've seen this and they have thought bubbles over both and over the man, there's work, there's like, there's ring, there's money. There's like all these things that this guy's thinking about, right. In his thought bubble and in the dog, the thought bubble is just an actual copy of the landscape that they're looking at, kind of depicting the fact that the dog is just thinking about what he's looking at. And the caption simply says, this is why the dog's happy. I'd love to get some of your feedback. And I do know, and I don't know if this plays into how a horse was your best business coach, how service animals or animals in general can kind of teach us something about unplugging, how to treat each other and how to maybe prevent burnout in our lives that so many folks, especially during this pandemic, might be experiencing and going through. And for those who are stuck working at home, they're four-legged friends right there, but they probably don't know how to utilize them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to do a little bit on dogs and then I'm going to jump into the horse realm because horses have been around for about 5 million years to give you an idea of, of how long they've been practicing being a good herd. In comparison, humans have only been around 200,000 years and we're not really killing it at the whole, like, be good to each other thing. So with the dog, just simply having something other than yourself to bring you back to the present moment. And this is why dogs are so effective for post-traumatic stress syndrome 
is because the dog's head on your lap or that pressure kind of brings you back to this moment and reminds you that there's somebody there that you can trust that will unconditionally love you and that doesn't have a ulterior motive. And right, wrong, or indifferent, there can be reasons why an individual or humans are conditioned to not be able to believe that out of other humans as a default setting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that's fine. And being able to have this animal that does that and being able to know that, you know, like I had this conversation with my mom, my mom has a great Dane puppy and she is older and she doesn't necessarily want to train the great Dane puppy. She, her expectation is that the great Dane puppy is just going to sleep all day, which for the record, great Danes do most of the time. Mm -hmm. But when they're growing, you know, they need to know like what's right and what's wrong, similar to children. And my mom did an amazing job with me if I do say so myself. So reminded her like <laughs> with the puppy, like just spend a little bit of time and attention because if the puppy gets attention every time she chews something, guess what she's going to do? And great Danes don't like chew shoes. They chew like couches, walls, yeah. like huge things, possibly mm -hmm. tires. And so, you know, it helps us remember how to set our expectations. And so with hiring somebody into your company, oftentimes you read their resume. And so you read the resume of the Great Dane and here's, here's the history of the Great Dane. Right. And you're like, oh, yes, you get the puppy and you're like, OK, go be as awesome as this description of a Great Dane is. Go be Scooby-Doo. I've seen Scooby-Doo. I've seen Marmaduke. Like this is what a Great Dane should be. Or I've seen, you know, my service dog's name's Guinness. And so I know people, several people that have purchased a Great Dane puppy or adopted a Great Dane puppy and then messaged me and been like, this dog is nothing like Guinness. Well, Guinness is a $30,000 dog that has hundreds, if not over a thousand hours worth of training. One could argue it's thousands of hours worth of training because he's always in training. We're always in new environments and there's always new things going on with my body and my health. So it's like this expectation that you're just like going to hire somebody in business and they're just going to be like the bee's knees. And like it doesn't always happen that way. Like most of the time, you're adopting a puppy from the Humane Society that's coming with a background and coming with history and coming with a previous boss that there's expectations that are have already been set. And so how do you first find a puppy or find a human that wants to do this job? And they're like, you know, I would never expect a Great Dane to be a Labrador retriever because at least for the most part, a Great Dane has eight minutes of energy per day. So a lab will chase the ball all day long. A Great Dane, the third or fourth time you throw it, the Great Dane's going to look at you and be like, you go get it. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. But know what the person's purpose is and help them become a more fulfilled human in that purpose. And then when I turn it to horses is one of my favorite things to do is to bring small business owners and teams for a professional or personal development retreat that we call power retreat. And it's the positive outcomes with equine relationships. And one of my favorite stories that I've probably told a million times is that there was a sales team from a very large company that had been out there and they were tasked with the goal of catching a horse. Now, for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar with horses, catching a horse just means going and putting the halter on the horse and bringing the horse in. It's just a term. 
this one individual, one human took this extremely literally to the point that for 45 minutes in June in Virginia, which is not very pleasant, was chasing this horse around. Now a horse weighs between 12, 1500 pounds on average. The human was probably about 170 pounds. So you're looking at almost 10 times factor. And he's just relentlessly chasing it. Now, meanwhile, behind me, the team is laughing, right? And I'm like, why are you guys laughing? They're like, this is what he does with his prospects. Is he like hunts them down and does not stop chasing them until they convert into a client. But this is why his conversion rate is so high. It's the highest on our team. His retention rate is the lowest by over 38%. Wow. And I'm like, why are you guys laughing about this? A, he's putting himself in danger, both in this situation and in how he's conducting himself in your company. B, he's putting your reputation as a company in danger. And you guys think this is funny because he's just, and they're like, oh, well, he's just chasing a horse. I'm like, no, you just told me this is what he does in real life. And this is how he approaches it. So we call timeout. We have him come over. And he's just sweating. And I'm like, what, just out of curiosity, what were you going to do if you caught the horse? He's like, well, I thought I would wrap my arms around his neck and wrestle him to the ground. (laughs) I'm like, what was the thought process there? Like you didn't use any of the tools that were provided for you, right? The halter and the lead rope. Meanwhile, funniest thing, the whole goal was to catch a horse. None of the team was paying attention to the fact that there were two horses in the pasture. And while this other guy is chasing the horse around, guess what the other horse did? Just walked up right behind the group and was standing there like, what's everybody looking at? (laughs) And nobody paid attention. They were so focused as humans are. They were so focused on this goal, on this KPI, on this, you know, distraction that they were completely unaware of the abundance that was around them. And I mean, a 1500 pound animal is, is not a small thing. And so what, just from listening, I guess what I'm going to say is from listening to that, what did you take away from that? When you're listening to that, what did you take away from that without me filling in all of the gaps? I just want to leave that for you as a listener to kind of, check in with yourself and see what lessons you get from that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something amazing. I'm going to let that resonate with the listeners as we go on to the next question, because I mean, a lot of us sometimes don't know how we act, how we behave and how we do things until someone else brings it to our attention. And I think the real work begins is, is when it's brought to our attention, if we actually stay in our ways or if we actually pivot a little bit, and change our activities. So I, I really am excited and I'd love to invite the listeners to share their feedback and take on that in the comments on, on YouTube or definitely send me a DM on Instagram and I'll be sure to get that to you as well, Bunny. Shifting gears as as you were kind of talking about burnout, which side note, I do wish I could have a whole staff of puppies <laughs> the, the <laughs> comparison to, to puppies and employees. I was like, oh, I wish that'd be, that'd be definitely a great work day. But when we talk about hiring stellar employees or having a stellar team, and some folks are, are all about work, 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 and they do great. And obviously you, you do a lot on avoiding burnout and talking about burnout. And some of that is, okay, well, what is your home life like? What is, what are you doing outside of work? When do you unplug? Is there a balance that folks can find between their work and 
their life? Or, I mean, is it going to just be all go, go, go until, until you get there? In my magic wand, Mary Poppins world here, for those of you on YouTube. I love it. My magic wand world. Yes. My, my clients are amazing in the aspect that I say stuff and then I magically get a shipment or a package that appears with something. And so, and for those of you that are on YouTube, I just held up a magic wand. There's no delineation between work and life. And if we go back in time in our way back machine, I, as a farmer, it was a family affair. I was spending time with my family and I was enjoying being in the sun. I was enjoying being with earth. I was enjoying watching these things that I put my energy into harmoniously grow and then being able to bring that value into the market and be able to share that value with others. Mm. There was no delineation between work and life. I just enjoyed bringing my value, cultivating it, growing it, sharing it with my family, unapologetically doing it alongside of my family, allowing them to enjoy and learn the principles of life, even if they decided they weren't going to be a farmer, and then sharing that generously with my community. So if we bring it back to horses just for 10 seconds, when COVID hit, Horses didn't go and like mow down all of the pastures, yet we went and like stole all the toilet paper out of Costco. Like, first off, sometimes somebody's going to sit me down and explain what toilet paper had to do with coronavirus. But (laughs) secondly, like, why is that? Horses only use enough resources to be able to fulfill their purpose, not do their job. I didn't say do their job, fulfill their purpose nurture themselves, right? And so if I have a horse that's a high performance horse that I am using in shows and I'm using in drills and maybe it's a carriage horse, then the horse will take up more nutrients. And it's also my responsibility to make those available. However, that horse doesn't know the difference between work and life. That horse just has life and there are times in its life when it pulls a carriage. My dog, in in the service animal community, I've heard people say, well, my service dog knows when he's working, he or she is working because they have their vest on. I haven't had that experience. My dog wears a collar. Occasionally he wears a vest. If I'm having a cardiac episode at home, he's going to do his job. Even though he doesn't have his vest on, he's not going to be like, oh, peace out. Like you go ahead and you handle that. Like, good luck with that. I don't have my vest on. If somebody wants to give me my vest, then I'll take care of that. However, in between those episodes, it's my responsibility to take care of myself in the best way that I can to prevent him from burning out. And so if I am a supervisor or a leader or the CEO of my company, I'm taking care, I'm modeling it for my staff. And you asked about hiring. Our process is such that it's a relationship. It's almost like every piece of content that we put out there is authentically attracting individuals that want to be a part of the impact that we're making, not the job that we're doing, but the impact that we're making. And I constantly get individuals saying, you know, here are my skills. How can we use these within this, you know, 
And I've created random job descriptions and accountability charts. And like, if you asked for our accountability chart right now, it's great. However, it doesn't look what you might say is structured or quote unquote normal, which if you're listening, this normal is a setting on a washing machine. Do what works, do what makes an impact, do what makes you happy. Life is too short to try to fit your amazingness into a job description. So just show up and let your cup runneth over. Like if you ask my nine-year-old what I do for a living, she says I saved the world. She described me the other day as Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, like put together. I was like, is that in a margarita? Like, could you put Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, me, and a little bit of tequila in a blender and just make a margarita? Like that'd be a great bunny margarita. I'd taste it. (laughs) My nine-year-old was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. So not yet. (laughs) That's it. No, we're just disregard. It was just mom's ideas, but we'll, we'll, we'll shelf that for a little while. Yeah. Well, I think that's amazing because I think that leads perfectly. And you, you said it a few times of purpose. And when you say, "Hey, Hey, show up and do the best you can. If anybody might be feeling burnt out, if maybe someone doesn't feel fulfilled at work, is it because they're not operating in their purpose or maybe they haven't found how to fulfill their purpose in the realm that they're in? I'd love to, I guess, get your insight on how people can unpack their position on either finding their purpose or changing their mindset in their current job on how they can fulfill that purpose. What would that look like? I think it's different for every single person. I'd like to just describe it as if you've ever been in a truck and gotten stuck in the mud and you know, when your tires are spinning out, you're clearly off the paved road Mm -hmm. and you continue to spin out and spin out and spin out. You have to find your own way out. You know, there's people that are going to tell you to put two by fours under your wheels. Well, if you don't have a two by four, what are you going to do? And so that's, That's the simplest question and yet the most complex question because I can't answer it, unfortunately, and fortunately for those of you that are listening. The good news is all of the answers that you need are right there. Where you can start is awareness, is observation. And so what is it that you are doing where you find yourself in a flow? I talk about riding and surfing is my flow. It's where I'm fully present. I'm the dog on the bench with the landscape. I'm not caught up in a million other things because if I am texting or I am distracted while I'm riding my horse, I guarantee you I'm going to end up on my butt. And I know this from, you know, experience. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, is when I'm surfing, I put so much energy into paddling out which is perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine to pour from my cup. But then there's this moment where it's glass and surfers will know what I'm talking about in between sets. And then when the sets come, you don't have to take the first wave. Surfing is not about riding the first wave. Surfing is about riding your wave. And you know what I'm talking about if you're a surfer. And so the energy that you put out Nature gives you that energy back on your wave to carry you back into the beach. And there's also a point where you drop off the wave. If you're planning on going back out, you don't ride the wave all the way into the beach. And that's so you don't burn 
energy. You know that you're going back out. You know that you haven't been fulfilled enough. You want more surfing. And is it exhausting? My husband can't stand surfing. He says it's way too exhausting. You paddle all the way out just to take a two second ride in. But if you're a surfer, the man who sets himself on fire says surfing's too exhausting. Okay. <laughs> you can interview him next. <laughs> but if you're a surfer, that dopamine rush, that complete and total mental takeover, it's not a two second wave to you. It is the most peaceful, rewarding, supportive experience that you walk away just feeling amazing. And I used to joke with my buddies because they're outside of Oxnard, California. There's this, they're not sponsoring this episode, but it's called Pepe's and it's a burrito place. And it was right outside of our favorite surf spot. To this day, I cannot tell you that they have the best burritos or not, but I can tell you after surfing, a Pepe's burrito was the only solution to the kind of hunger that comes <laughs> from surfing. Cause you're out there doing it so much and you're so in that moment. And then as soon as you're done, you load your board into the truck, you're all of a sudden like, Oh dude, I'm a human. I need food. Yeah. And like the burrito just became part of this amazing experience. And so what if work could be that? What if work could be the energy that you put out in paddling out the return on investment from whatever impact that you make with clients or with your company and a Pepe's burrito. Like what if life is that simple? Yeah. So I hope that answered your question in a way that they, you know, for individuals that are feeling burnt out first, Oh, just be aware. You may have to go back in the way back machine of where are the times where you feel in complete and total flow. Mm. And it's not difficult to live where you feel fulfilled. Because my goal each and every day is to wake up excited about what's on my calendar and go to bed with peace and that feeling of fulfillment. Yeah. And I hope you were excited to see your appointment today on this calendar. (laughs) 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 Um, I think you you perfectly depicted, because I use the word flow all the time and how I'm constantly trying to find my flow. And and when I find it, I want to stay in it. And I think a lot of our listeners have heard me say that before. It's, you know, when you're operating in your flow, it's a transcendence of of who you are. You're no longer just uh, like, I'm no longer just Ted. I'm operating for me in something that's bigger than me. I'm operating in something that's outside of me. And because of that, what you mentioned, not feeling that exhaustion, that hunger until it subsides, until it stops, because quite frankly, at that time, you're not necessarily all human. You're, you're operating in something bigger. And I, I do hope our listeners and our watchers on YouTube can find that in their lives. And it's just a simple question of, you know, when was the last time you felt alive? When was the last time you felt that excitement or you, you felt that thing within you where you're like, Oh, this is it. And then try and reverse engineer how you can create that again. Yeah. Bunny, there are so many avenues and areas. I'd love to take this conversation, but we're coming up towards the end of our time. I did want to ask one question. You did ask, you answered the question. I was going to say, what does your describe what does your daughter describe your work as? But also what Disney character do you feel like today? Disney character do I feel and like? It can't today? be a margarita. <laughs> No, on my YouTube channel, you'll see me dressed as, as Elsa. No, I'm sorry for all of you children listening. Elsa came to visit my YouTube channel. If you want to go watch nice. <laughs> Elsa on the, 
YouTube channel. Oh man, I am like the biggest Disney nerd in the world. So give me a second on that. And I'm, I'm going to return to a 10 second bite from our Pepe's burrito conversation. For those of you who are at work and are like, do I need to quit my job if my job is not fulfilling me? Um, like Ted said, find the places in your job where you do feel the flow and advocate to be able to do more. And you can advocate for that opportunity really easily by highlighting the value and how you're more valuable to the company by spending more time in that flow. Mm. So (laughs) Olaf keeps coming to mind (laughs) and like, I guess I'm going to go with, I'm uh, no, I'm probably going to go with Nemo. Nemo. Probably going to go with Nemo because I feel like, you know, family is everything. And I love the aspect that in finding Dory, all of the animals had some form of disability and yet they all like used it as their superpower. Yeah. And so, yeah. Nice. Well, I, I love that, Bunny, and I, I'd love to hear some of the things. I mean, we call this No Rain, No Rainbows, and we, we talk about the rain and, and you know the hard times, but we also want to talk about the rainbows. So what are you working on? What do you have in terms of a project coming out in the next few weeks, few months, or anything like that you're looking forward to? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to bringing people back to the ranch. I really am. And yeah. so we have a couple um, locations that we do a power retreat. And then I am growing my YouTube channel in the aspect that we talked about with the heart condition. My goal is to get everything from in between the six inches between my ears onto that YouTube channel so that anybody that can't is not able to work with me individually as a coach or in any of the companies that I'm a part of. You can access that information for free by just sitting down and listening to six minute, 10 minute videos. So I think my YouTube channel and then, you know, so that Ted, that's growing the herd on the YouTube channel and growing the herd with the, the power retreat. Cause it's just so mind blowing. I really hope someday you get a chance to join us at the ranch. No, I do too. And I promise I'm not going to run around chasing a horse. <laughs> no, you won't. I probably will never let that happen again. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Bunny, I definitely want to make sure that our listeners, watchers can connect with you, get the link to the YouTube YouTube channel, follow your social and reach out to you for your services if they're able to utilize that as well. So how can folks get in contact with you? Yeah, bunnyyoung.com is kind of the best place to start. There's multiple companies, obviously. I say if people want to follow me, I do ridiculous stuff on Instagram all day long. It's mostly Great Danes and aha moments. And that's at bunny has six legs. And then on YouTube, it's bunny young business therapist. And I really hope that the audio is catching the snoring Great Dane that's under my desk. And if it's not, if it's not, I apologize to you listeners because you're missing out on amazing snoring. Oh man, I don't think I heard. I, I might have heard like a little bit of it, but I don't know if our audio picked it up. I'm gonna have those show notes uh, or the links in the show notes for all of our watchers and listeners. If you're listening on the iTunes app, you can open it up right now and click those links and get straight to you. But Bunny, I, I appreciate you taking the time, sharing the knowledge and the wonderful stories and the depiction um, to help some of our listeners prevent burnout, overcome burnout, find their purpose, and lean into their flow. So, so thank you so much for that. Absolutely. I am so honored to be here. And thank you all for those listeners and Ted for making the world a better place. 
I appreciate that. And I'm glad you listened to your calendar to be here today. Um, <laughs> to the listeners that made it to the end, we appreciate you. We thank you. I'm going to recap some of the, the bombs uh, that Bunny dropped along the way in case you missed it. First, when she mentioned impact versus income, sometimes we feel the duality of we can't do both, right? We can't make an impact and make an income. But if you make your income you can always revert that to making an impact in the future. Something to think about and then you know, bring you back to this moment. And we talked about the importance of, of service animals and, and how they can teach us to be present and come back to the present moment, having someone, something in that moment we can trust. Are you chasing the horse? Uh, again, whatever your feedback, whatever your thought process and your reflection on that is, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to see it. But it was just such a beautiful depiction on how some of us are living our lives. Sometimes we're chasing the horse. People are laughing and we don't know why. They don't know to help us. They don't know how to help us. And we're probably doing some behaviors that don't don't serve us. And it's really important to kind of reassess and see if we are chasing the horse. Do what works. I think we live in a society where we compare ourselves to others and we all want to be quote unquote normal and just fit in. But I think the reality is we're not supposed to fit in. We're made to be unique. I actually saw a quote this morning. It said, you were born, you were born unique. Don't die a copy. And something we can all definitely maybe aspire to. And then uh, how will you get your truck unstuck? A lot of us might be feeling some of that burnout. We might feel a little unfulfilled at work or, or in our daily lives. Your truck is stuck. And that doesn't mean that you're stuck forever. You have the tools, whether it's a two by four. In the past, I don't know if you've done this, Bunny, I've taken the, the floor mats and you kind of stick the floor mats under the tire a little bit to try and get some traction, <laughs> whatever you can Sometimes you need somebody to pull you out too. And that's all right. Yeah. And yeah. And sometimes they see you kind of struggling and they say, they come, they help you push. So yeah, you don't always have to do it by yourself, but how are you going to get your truck unstuck and find your wave, ride your wave. I hope you find your flow. Buddy, thanks again to the listeners. Thank you. The watchers on YouTube, we appreciate it. If you got value from this episode, please hit that like button, share it with a friend that you also think would get value from it. Be sure to leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. It's the only way we can improve is with your feedback. And if you love this podcast so much and you want to support, you can do so on our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bunny. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. <laughs>